Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Hello, Herd, and welcome to our new and improved main show this Wednesday. I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your new and improved Megan. But not really. I improve myself daily. John. Now with Bluetooth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I bit into a popsicle that was blue. <laughs> now I've got a Bluetooth. Uh, yes, so this is our first week doing our new schedule, which means our main show is changed around a little bit uh normally with the main show you just get the main show and you get your separate new show and you get your separate q a uh but now they're coming together in a burrito of star wars content uh for you all on wednesday so today you'll get news and then you'll get our main show and then you'll get a little q a to end things off and uh that'll be the goods for today dim goodies yeah uh, it's going to be especially good, uh, our Star Wars burrito of the day, because today <laughs> we're talking about scary stuff, scary Star Wars stuff in particular. Uh, it is the week of Halloween. Today is Halloween, in fact, uh, when you're listening to this. Uh, today's Tuesday for us. It's Tuesday. Uh, but it's Wednesday for you and Halloween. So we thought that just like everyone else that creates content around this week in time, uh, that we would focus on something spooky and uh, current something, events, <laughs> something spooky related uh, in the uh, Star Wars universe, and just sit down and talk about that a little bit. Uh, and so that's what we have for you on today's main show. But before we get there, uh, we're going to run down the recent news of the week. Mm -hmm. uh, what what we got. Uh, in updates and, and whatnot in the last week. So, Megan, Yee. hit us with some news. Dump some data on us. We can still call it the data dump. I'm going to hit you with this sick, nasty news. Awesome. Gross. <laughs> All right. So, we have a new calendar of events for the coming month of Battlefront content. Are you excited? Yeah. General Grievous is out now. Yes, he is. He came out. Uh, today, since we're recording this on Tuesday, but he will have been out a day uh, when this reaches your ears. So hopefully you gamers have gotten a chance to uh, jump into uh, playing Grievous yes. a little bit. Which I assume you will be doing directly after we finish this podcast. Yeah, if not. Um, like, I'm honestly surprised you don't already have it loaded up. Yeah, well, that's the problem when you get off work the day of the drop and just tired. Plus, Ugh, adulthood. There's going to be some good stuff going on this weekend um, with Battlefront that we're going to talk about. So I'm kind of kind of saving it. But, uh, I mean, the, the good thing is Grievous will be there when I get there. So And most of the bugs will be uh, worked Birks. out by the time I actually pick it up. So. Oh, my goodness, the birds. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yes, uh, Grievous, from yeah. what I've gotten to watch and see of others playing him and uh i mean character model looks great yeah uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed everything i've seen and like i said i've already seen them uh take care of some bugs mm -hmm. uh as they've communicated on twitter so uh by the time i reach it this weekend more than likely grievous will be a good ironed out character so yes he comes with an ironing board 
Mm-hmm. Uh, November 1st through 4th, that's the rest of this week, uh, we will see Clone Wars maps appear more frequently in Heroes vs. Villains and the Hero Showdown. This includes Naboo, Kashyyyk, and Kamino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, November 9th through 11th will feature a fast spawn event as the new squad spawn mechanic is added to strike and blast game modes. Um, November 16th through 18th, which is my friend Rachel's birthday. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the 17th. So it's right in the middle. Um, will feature the return of Heroes Unleashed. It will return the Heroes Unleashed event where Heroes will cost seven... 755 less to spawn. I can't read today. Oh, 75% less. Sorry. Oh, wow. 75% less. Apparently you can't type. Yeah. Sick. Um, And each team can have a total of eight heroes. Utter madness. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. It it is... They started doing this uh, last month where... Or, well... This month, October. um, Just earlier this month. It feels like so long ago, but they started doing these sort of uh, weekend event things, mm-hmm. uh, and this one was a really popular one where they just give a discount on how much it costs, and you can have multi- more than your usual amount, um, and so it's usually pretty crazy on the map with that, uh, but while that's been most people's review, it's also been very highly praised, so it's chaotic, but it's fun, at least for most people. I mm-hmm. have not partaken in this. Uh, I don't really have an interest in um, heroes in um, Galactic Assault and whatnot. I usually just play as the General Grunt soldier, so... Um, General Grunt? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I really I really don't benefit from this. I probably won't uh, partake in it as much, but for those that enjoy it, it is coming back, so that's cool. Gotcha. Uh, November 23rd through 25th, we'll see a similar event with the vehicle su- the vehicle spawn. Uh, that cost will be reduced by 75% as well. Again, utter madness. This one I'll actually benefit from. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually don't get vehicles just because of how much it costs. Uh, and I assume it's not only about how much it costs, but how, much you, how many you can have. Yeah. So usually by the time I acquire enough credits to get vehicles... There's already the max number on the map, so yeah. uh, hopefully they increase that number as well. But this one I'll actually probably uh, enjoy. Yeah, and I am not aware what vehicles they have in Battlefront. I, I assume it's like ATSTs. Uh, kind of yes, so that's that's your Imperial tank, ah. uh, quote unquote. Uh, the because there's they can range a little bit, so the general the the classifications are a little generalized. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, yeah, so Imperial, the big one would be the ATST. Uh, they also have speeder bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, for clones, it would be uh, ATRT, uh, which is a mini ATST, gotcha. essentially. Uh, as, and coming soon, we'll have speeders for clones as well. So, yes, you can spawn a few different things. Um, Throughout, so it you have land vehicles. I do not believe this is going to apply to ships, but I could be wrong because hmm. uh, you can also have you can have uh, aerial combat going on simultaneously with ground combat. Mm-hmm. So you can be playing on the ground, and then if you want, you can spawn an X-wing and fight in the sky. So 
it, it'll be interesting whether or not it applies to like the X-Wing, Y-Wing, gotcha. TIE Fighter stuff. Yes, and when combat is done by mermaids, it's always aerial combat. Uh, November 20, uh, finally, the end of the month, we will be getting the new Geonosis map for Galactic Assault. And to celebrate, for five days straight, Galactic Assault will only feature uh, Geonosis as the battle map. And this will be from November 28th to December 2nd. I like this um, for the fact that it'll mean getting adjusted with it. It gives you good and proper time to because the thing you can't choose your map in Galactic Assault. So mm -hmm. for having a new one, number one, people are going to want to play it to get used to it. And also people are going to want to play it if it's a good map to play on. Yeah. So having that consistently appear, some people may get tired of it, but if you get tired of it, then just go play Striker Blast. But mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to being able to just repeatedly play Geonosis. You'll obviously switch factions Gotcha. Uh, between, so you'll play droids, then clones, then droids, then clones. Mm -hmm. That could get tiring for some people, but I don't really care. Gotcha. Um, so, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I think that that's good. I, I'm glad for that. Um, so that way, I can get used to it. Not, you know, um, especially since it doesn't, it's not coming to arcade yet. So I can't just go and and play a uh, match there. So I, it, I require. Galactic Assault to play, so. Mm -hmm. um, and with Genosis comes the new vehicles. You get the Bark Speeder, the Stap Speeder, you Bark get the ATTE. Uh, actually, I think that's it. Uh, so those, th those three vehicles are now coming to uh, Galactic Assault for that map only, I believe, right now. Very nice. And that is it for Battlefront news. Yep, because after November, it... Now, they have said that stuff will still be going on through... Uh, to December uh, through to uh, 2019, mm -hmm. and we know we're getting character drops and skin updates in January and February. Uh, more than likely, December will still have events like this. They just haven't uh, more sporadically. Uh, no, not really. I th I mean, I think it'll be. I mean, they may not have as many as they're having. I think the reason they're having so many this month is because they're only doing Geonosis at the end of the month. Yeah. Whereas usually you have a couple of things to look forward to. So I think they're compensating with uh, events. But I'm pretty sure they're not going to be like, oh, we're not doing anything during the month of December. I'm sure there'll be uh, weekend events and double experience weekends yeah. and all that sort of thing. Maybe this time you'll get one. I got to play a little bit because um, this time it started Friday during a time I was able to play it, mm -hmm. uh, rather than being just Saturday and Sunday. Normally, the uh, the double experience is Saturday and Sunday. This time, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So I actually got to play a little bit. But usually, yes, weekend events are almost always scheduled when the double experience point weekend is going on, which is frustrating. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, we're not better. Um, coming up for comic news. We only got two for this week, um, for today. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, out today is Star Wars Adventures number 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is Star Wars Adventures normal, and then also includes story from uh, Michael Morrissey, uh, Flight of the Falcon Part 2. Mm -hmm. So last, uh, or, well, no, or the beginning of this month, we got uh, the beginning of that, that storyline, and so that continues, which is what I'm most looking forward to picking this up for. Uh, I like Star Wars Adventures in general, so I'll enjoy all of it, but 
um, definitely looking forward to continuing that story. Yeah, and one that I'm excited about because I want to finish the series is Tales from Vader's Castles num- Castles Castle number five. Boy, don't have multiple castles. Yeah, he just has a whole cul-de-sac of uh, castles on Mustafar. Yeah. And <laughs> he owns a trailer park. Right. Yeah, it's a castle and a trailer and Vader's castle RV. apartments. Yeah, he just got <laughs> one of everything. Um, yeah, so that comes out. It's the final. Uh, issue of the mini series, which is yeah. sad. I do hope it becomes a regular thing. Not oh, ba- yeah. not Tales from Vader's Castle necessarily, but like these very specialized mini series. Yes, the these sort of the Halloween themed one. Um, yeah, I think this worked really well. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a- about that with our topic of the day, so that's the good thing. Um, the these were great uh, oh, yeah. from the writing to especially the art. So I really hope something like this comes back next year for Halloween. And I'd be okay with something like this every now and then just in general. It doesn't have to be just Halloween. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, but yeah. I'm always up for the spook. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is it for comic news. Not a lot going on in the comic verse this time. The only other thing is um, out uh, now, it was, I believe... I, I don't know. It was out last week and this week. I think there was something where it was like digital one week and then physical copy the next week or something like that. Yeah. Either way, the um, they release uh, Star Wars Legends Collections, which is basically just a bundle of uh, Star Wars Legends comics. And the mm-hmm. most recent one was the Heir to the Empire, or in other words, the Thrawn uh, trilogy uh, in comic form. And so if you're a fan of Thrawn, if you uh, like those books or like those comics and would like an updated version collected, that's out now. So that's cool. I picked it up. So, All right. And next up is books. Mm -hmm. It's book news. Uh, The first one is released today or yesterday if you're listening to this tomorrow or, you know. When it actually comes out. Exactly. Um, Women of the Galaxy. We actually just picked up our own copy. Yep. Yeah. Like, shout out to the Augusta Mall Barnes and Noble staff. Yeah. They went. We made like, them dig. Exactly. They went like <laughs> above and beyond for us. Yeah. I was like, it came out today. I know you have it. I wasn't. I, I wasn't rude about no, it. No. But wasn't. I was. I was like, you. You guys really should have this. Uh, yeah. And so they checked the display. It was supposed to be on. It wasn't there. Yeah. Our usual cashier, who is absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. She's always got nice things. She always asks us about, like, the pop vinyls we're buying or about the games we buy or Which all kinds of stuff. Which we buy several. Um, there will have to be a day where we, we go through our pop vinyl collection yeah. on video. Because we, we have a few. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, anyway. Yeah, I got impatient, so we went and picked that up uh, today. So, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um... And and uh, next week, that'll be our our theme. That'll be our main show topic. Yeah, uh, is talking about women of the galaxy and yeah. some highlights from the book, and also just our perspectives on some of our favorite. Uh, oh yeah, women of the galaxy. Uh, spoiler alert: women get stuff done, but that's just a general life truth. Mm-hmm. Um, what else came out today was no. Smuggler's Guide, it comes out on November 14th, right? 
No, November 14th is when we're doing the show. Oh, when we're doing the show. Yes. It was released um, today. Yes, Smuggler's Guide was released today. Gotcha. November 14th is when we're doing... So next week we're doing Women of the Galaxy. Then the next week we're doing uh, uh, an episode on Smuggler's Guide and yes. Scum and Villainy. And look out for my book coming out tomorrow, which is called Snuggler's Guide. <laughs> it's about me cuddling our cats. <laughs> there you go. Uh, riveting tales. Riveting. Mush, 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 mush. Um, uh, yeah, so we combined Scum and Villainy, which was released last week, along with Smuggler's Guide, because they touched on the same topic of Star Wars Underworld, so yeah. we figured we would put them together. So... That's uh, that's going to be our show on November 14th for you to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, in film and TV news, we have journalist Eric Weber tweeted that Kathleen Kennedy confirmed with confirmed to him that the Boba Fett spinoff movie is 100% dead, which we briefly talked about on Twitter, you know, when we saw that tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a bit of a back and forth with a couple of people. Um, Did we? Rebecca, at least. No, that was for the Q&A thing. That was unrelated. Oh, beans. Um, Never mind, I lied to you. Yeah, all I all I said was on, on Twitter was that I was glad. Yeah. Um, How do you feel? I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad right please now. Please <laughs> open, uncork the bottle for me, John, please. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really want that to begin with it's kind of like the people disappointed about the kenobi film i i don't think there ever was gonna be a kenobi film i don't think so uh at least not what people were expecting at least definitely i'm i those two uh uh, character films are not standalones i wanted so now i'm not saying oh i don't want them so they shouldn't happen i'm saying if they happen i would watch them and i'd more than likely enjoy them but i don't want them no like we weren't expecting the solo film Right. Like, I don't think either of us were, but and I was pessimistic yeah. until I saw the first trailer. Yeah, and turns out we loved that movie. Yeah, so I, that's what I say. I, it would it would happen. I would enjoy it, but yeah. uh, you're not going to see me beating down Kathleen Kennedy's door about it. Yeah, which because, where is her house? <laughs> somewhere in California. Um, just because I don't being a fan of Boba Fett as a character, I don't think that you could get a very good story without setting it in a particular period. Okay. So I'll preface this with, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed with how much content is in the original trilogy period. Yeah. I get you. Between film, you know, Rogue One and Solo both happen in that period. Mm -hmm. Um, almost up until recently, almost all comics and books have, purely dealt with that and you know i yes there there were things here there and in uh whatnot only until you know the beginning of january with the recently announced books are we finally starting to get a good funnel of prequel content um so in order to do a quality boba fett film it would have to take place in that period more than likely yeah and I'd rather not have that. I'd rather not have another story there. Um, and in a way, we already have Boba Fett's origin story. Well, his origin, yes. Yes. I mean, getting a getting a Boba Fett film isn't what I'm against necessarily. It's just that where you would place it would have to be very just right. Yeah. Now, definitely. 
we've talked about and you know there's this whole hashtag uh makes solo two or something like that um i wouldn't mind another solo film and if boba fett appears there that's fine yeah. i just don't want to film just on boba fett because i i don't want a film that's going to make him a likable good character i want yeah. him as a bad guy and usually the way you make a bad guy a good guy but while keeping them a bad guy is making mm-hmm. them like deadpool where yeah you know they're very comedic and generally do things you shouldn't uh accept as normal but they get away with it yeah because of their personality but boba fett doesn't have that personality no he's just he, he, he's true neutral in my opinion yeah, chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral, there you go. Because he does tend to lean towards bad things. So, but that's why I say, like, in order to have him as your main character, you're going to lose some of that bad quality. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, all, all that to say, mm-hmm. I'm not broken up about it. Uh-huh. Um, I've long said that I would much rather a Jango Fett story than anything. Oh, yeah. Like, make it, make it the story that we got in the Bounty Hunter video game. Exactly. Uh, I... You know, Tamora Morrison's age is a bit questionable for that, but regardless, um, I still yeah. I still would rather Django's story over. I, I want Boba's story, but I would rather a book or comic series focused on him. Yeah, uh, more than more than a full film dedicated to him. Yeah, and that's not to say that we don't love Boba. Oh no, yeah, but it's because yeah. I love him that I want this. I want it done well yeah. and done right. And exactly. I think just doing a movie because the fans want it is not the way to go. You know, it's the reason I don't want them to make a Kenobi film because, I mean, what's it going to be about him roasting marshmallows on Tatooine? These people talking about him going and facing Vader or something like you're meant to believe that in a new hope, that's the first time he sees Vader as Vader since their battle. Like I just, I can't accept him leaving Luke on Tatooine to go on some adventure. And I can't accept him doing some adventure on Tatooine and staying conspicuous. So, yeah. what do you do? Do a young one. Ewan McGregor's too old for a young Obi-Wan film. And no one else can be Obi-Wan, in my opinion. Yeah, like, unless they do a live-action Clone Wars, but I don't want that either. Yeah. I, so, I just... It comes down to, I don't want Boba. I don't want Kenobi. I want Old Republic. I want a, a bounty hunter film. Yeah. I would accept a, a solo sequel. Like, those things I'm okay with, but mm-hmm. eh, just leave Boba for the comics or or for the the books. Just you sitting in a closet under some clothes. Leave Boba alone. <laughs> exactly. That, that was an antiquated internet reference. Yeah, just leave leave Boba alone. Leave him alone. He doesn't need a movie. No, let him let him lay down. Yeah. Let let him rest for Pete's sake. Um. And and I will I will tack on to this. Now, he did, I mean, it's pretty bold if it's not true, you know, because, I mean, that stuff's all over Twitter now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's very clearly stating Kathleen Kennedy said this thing. So I'm pretty sure it's true, but it it is not officially stated by Lucasfilm. Yes. This is just a statement from Kathleen Kennedy to a journalist. Which could have been completely off record. Yeah, because she's never, she's never said anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Usually when people have asked about like Kenobi and Boba, she's been like, you know, we're looking at all. She yeah. leaves the door open. Yeah. She's never once said, Oh no, that's not happening. She's, she's like, you know, we're that 
could be a story we tell. We're certainly looking at all kinds of things to, you know, do. Yeah. So it was a very mom answer. Yeah. It's like, meanwhile, his answer was a very dad answer. <laughs> yeah. So just um, like, nope, it's the. I, I will say that, but I mean, if it is true, I, I really don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So just general hashtag Boba fan does not care. Yeah. Um. Well, in TV. We have Lego Star Wars All Stars. It mm-hmm. debuted on October 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is comprised of eight shorts and four half hour episodes. The series features Lego versions of the latest heroes and villains of the Star Wars galaxy, alongside the iconic characters, including Kylo Ren, who has adorable Darth Vader slippers, uh, R2D2, young Han, Chewie, young Lando. BB-8, and General Leia. <laughs> okay, shush. What even, what even did that? I don't know. I did not say, hey, Cyrus. Um, <laughs> uh, the first five shorts to arrive daily for the week of Monday, October 29th to Friday, November 2nd. Culminating in a compilation and special highlighting three additional shorts on Saturday, November 10th at 11 a.m. Uh, following the debut of the shorts, four half-hour episodes will premiere Saturdays from November 17th to December 8th, also at 11 a.m. on Disney XD and Disney Now. Yes. Yes, yeah. and Siri really wanted to weigh in on that. Apparently. Apparently. Um, so, yeah. So, we got an episode Monday. We got an episode today. There'll be an episode out um, tomorrow. Um, and there'll be one Thursday, Friday. And then the compilation with three additional this Saturday. I'm enjoying it uh, a lot. I, I, They weren't the clearest on what it would be about. But essentially mm-hmm. what it is is it's uh, the droid Roger um Roger, Roger. connecting up with various iconic Star Wars characters and telling uh his story along the way. So he's like writing a biography and is sharing different chapters of it along the way. Um and so all the way from his creation and yeah. uh all that all that fun stuff. Which Roger is absolutely precious. Exactly. So it makes the show. I've yeah. I've enjoyed the the shorts are only a couple of minutes long. It's very Oh yeah. It's very reminis- very bingeable. Yeah, oh, well, it's very reminiscent of the 2003 Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed both so far that have come out. The second, the the second day's one, uh, today's was was especially funny um, and had the most uh, meat to it. it. It had the most going on. Mm-hmm. That uh, the first one was very introductory and whatnot. So um, today's really caught some traction, but it's it's very funny, very good. Uh, just you know, to you can watch it really quickly and easily uh, on a break or in between things and whatnot. Yeah. So, definitely looking forward to the rest of it. Hide in the bathroom and watch it. <laughs> there you go. You there could. You Why not? Um, that's it. And that is it for our news segment. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into the focus. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yes. Ooh, let's go. So, on to uh, the main show now that we've gotten caught up on current events. Yeah. Uh, moving to the spoopy stuff. Spookus. Yes. 
and so Star Wars has a, quite a history of um, connection to the Spookies. Uh, it's not necessarily anything new with this Tales of Vader's Castle series, but certainly that's the newest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not even going to cover everything there probably is that we could talk about as far as Star Wars scary stuff goes, but definitely want to highlight um, some things uh, and, and, and talk about those things. Uh, I mean, we've got to save some things for next year's Halloween episode, so <laughs> we can't talk about everything here. Uh, but I thought it would be fun. Um, we did our research with Death Troopers yeah. over the weekend. Um, is a delightful book. Yeah. So definitely um, fun. And more than likely, if you ask most people uh, about scary Star Wars stuff, some someone always knows at least something yeah. uh, spooky, Star Wars-y, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so Vader's Castle, Tales from Vader's Castle. I have to specify because there's two... Vader's Castle related comics going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Tales, Tales from, from Vader's, Vader's Castle. Castle. Yes. Tales from Vader's Castle <laughs> is the latest addition to Star Wars spoopiness. Yeah. And we've, we were excited the moment it was announced. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've both loved it very much. Uh, it's very, very, very well done. And so, um, certainly hope to see something spawn a continuance from this, whether it be another, uh, Tales from series next October or maybe something every now and then. I, I definitely want to see this continue. Oh yeah. Um, for the arts, for the story, all of it's so oh. well done. Uh, it works so much, but to talk about some of the spookiness because each story has its own little spooky campfire tale. Uh, now I will preface and say that not, nothing we're going to talk about is necessarily knock your socks off scary. Yeah. Uh, when we'd say, you know, star Wars, spooky, scary stuff. I mean, it's meant to be, it's cute. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's star Wars, so yeah. it's, it's, it's not going to be scary. Like Friday the 13th or nightmare on Elm street or anything. It's, but it's meant to connect to that sort of horror story realm of slashers and zombies and ghosts and all that other uh, stuff. And so um, don't don't expect to be scared by anything on here. Or, yeah. you know, maybe you you were scared. Yeah. In which case, let us know, I guess. But we weren't scared. Are you frightened by the concept of Ewoks? We may talk about that. Um <laughs> Yeah, because we watch horror movies on the regular, so nothing here is necessarily yeah. comparative to that that kind of content we take in. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone today about my just complete desensitization of most horror and jump scares. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, eh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it it's something you're very, very used We're, we're both very used to consuming, yeah. so. Oh. But if, any, <laughs> if anything, it makes it something we can enjoy more than be afraid of. Because a lot of people can't enjoy scary stuff because it's scary. Um, so being able to enjoy it more because you're not scared by it, yeah. but you can recognize, oh, this would be scary. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so being able to highlight, oh, this would be scary for some people. Yeah. Not okay. scary to me, but 
I will say that the only horror movie that has gotten me in the last few years was when we watched Hereditary. That got me a couple of times. But more in an atmospheric horror kind of way. Mm-hmm. It was very spooky. Yeah. It was really well done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We would definitely recommend... If you like scary movies and are looking for one and you haven't seen Hereditary, check out Hereditary. Yeah, and if you don't one. like scary movies, don't watch Hereditary. Yeah, watch Star Wars. Watch Star Wars. Anyway. Again. So, Tales from Vader's Castle, uh, it's written by Kevin Scott, who uh, does great writing in, in general, but does Star Wars spooky very, very well. Oh, yeah. He's a spooky boy. Um, have to give credit, and we'll talk about a few of the artists uh, as we go on, but um, have to give credit to the artists as well, because... And, and Kevin Scott's one to admit, like, writing the story is one thing. Bringing it to life with the art is another. And the artists do a great job. Oh, yeah. They, like, I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> what there is, there's the artist that does the art for the main story. Mm-hmm. And then there's a different artist each week that does the story for the story within the story. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that was really well done because it gives a different life to each story being told. Um, and certainly with as different as each story is, uh, it does well to give it its own sort of look. Very very similar to how each monster in the Universal Monster line has its own look oh, and, yeah. and theme. So definitely see that here, uh, which is obviously a big inspiration for it. Mm-hmm. So issue one... Um, we are introduced to a droid-possessing ghost. Uh, you can take that multiple ways. It's a ghost that possesses droids, and it's also a possessing... It possesses the ghost. Yes. Momentarily. Um, and so so it involves the, the crew of the ghost prior to it being the full crew that we know. It's just Hera, Kanan, and um, Chopper. Don't know if everybody else was on break, you know, <laughs> visiting Disney or yeah. or if they just hadn't joined the crew yet. They were just hanging out. But it, I think it was mainly because they just didn't want to have that many people in the story. But um, regardless, they go searching for someone, uh, a fellow space person. I don't remember what their relationship with um, them is, but... Yeah. Uh, Looks like a bird. Yes. Uh, essentially, he picked up some goat, some uh, electric uh, transmitting ghost. It crashed his ship, and when they pick him up, the ghost follows him to their ship, the mm-hmm. ghost, which is, you yeah, know, a ghost on the ghost. Um, it's very kind of Amityville horror. A little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's very. It's it's about the possession of it. Uh, it transmits through um, electronics, droids, ships, and, and and the like and such. So um, it's interesting. We don't get much story on it, mm-hmm. and it ends on a cliffhanger with us seemingly believing that Chopper is still kind of possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not really sure if that's going to continue or what. Honestly, reading the first book i almost thought that that story would continue in further issues but mm-hmm. every issue is its own story so yeah they really kind of just leave you hanging there yeah so that's why again it does lead me to believe they're leaving that the that open for a sequel in whatever tales series they tell later but mm-hmm. um yeah so it it's it's a generic 
ghost story. Yeah. It's a very quick story because Star Wars Adventures is always a very quick comic. Uh, so they, they trap the, the ghosty ghost in a holocron, essentially. Uh, or, you know, on a Star Wars USB. <laughs> and there he be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there he be in yeah. the USB. So, it wasn't... I liked the art and... I liked the overall idea, mm-hmm. but the 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 quickness of the story and also the cliffhanger both left me kind of wanting with this one. It wasn't the best of the the, the ones we have so far. Yeah. Um, but I did I did like it, and um, it's it's interesting having a kind of electricity transmitted ghost. Yeah. Um. It's a little weird, but I get it. Yeah, so uh, it, it'd be nice to have some more story on that uh, at some point, maybe. Um, but some fun details about it is the original plan for each issue for Tales from Vader's Castle uh, was to have an individual title that riffs on an iconic horror movie in the same way. Mm-hmm. This one was originally titled The Haunting of Harrison Dula, um, kind of in the, I guess, possession uh, exorcism style titles, um, but eventually became the haunting of the ghost as a tip to, of the hat to the haunting of Hill House, which is yeah. a new uh, Netflix show. Right? Also, um, it was a book uh, by oh, what was her name? I don't remember her name. It's something Jackson, a very famous horror writer. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic book. Um, it's also a movie that's been remade a few times, and it's a new Netflix series. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was yeah. that extensive. Oh, it's got history, Google. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so it is a nice little tip-off, especially being such a new um, mm-hmm. kind of reference and, and whatnot, kind of new Easter egg. Yeah. But um, what do you think about ghosts in Star Wars? I think that they've been used in a very different way in the past. Therefore, introducing ghosts in the traditional sense is a little weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, force energy is how I would kind of describe the force ghosts that we see. But, like, the haunting of a spirit, I don't really think it's an idea that fits very well into the Star Wars universe. I mean, if we're just talking about, like, ghosts as we understand them being, like, energy left behind by uh, life forms as we know them, it, I don't know, it's just weird to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Force ghosts... And, and it's one of those things where, you know, I, I we call them force ghosts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a proper in-universe name for them. So, But That's our funny. name for them insinuates there's force ghosts and yeah. then there's ghosts. But if all beings are technically connected by the force, then any ghost should technically be a force ghost. Yeah. But only Jedi, per- particular Jedi, of a, of a certain training in mind can be force ghosts, can retain that sort of quote-unquote physical 
mm-hmm. uh, appearance uh, rather than just being a conscience with uh, the force. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the whole idea of being one with the force is you just kind of return to the pot. Yeah, and I'd assume that, like, I think the better description would be force projection of, you know, mm. in a way. Mm. Like, Maybe. I think it's like astral projection. Astral projection. Yeah, but I feel like what Luke did is much more astral projection in The Last Jedi. Very true. And, you know, because it's interactive, whereas the Force Ghost, it requires a relationship with the Force and with someone. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Qui-Gon had Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan had Luke, and Luke is going to have Rey. So I I think it requires that kind of tether uh, to keep the channel open kind of thing. So, I mean, I think that Force Ghosts as we know them, that's a very particular thing. But I feel like there, I mean, and we've seen with Sith, there's ways for um, them to keep themselves a little bit, just as their consciousness, not uh-huh. not on the same level um, as uh, Jedi, of course. Um, Am I... Am I thinking incorrectly when I say I think that's the plot of something? Mm-hmm. Um, on wh- for what? I think it was like a book or a comic or something. Well, with uh, recently in the Darth Vader um, series, we had Lord Momen who had his spirit. Well, it's not even his spirit, but his consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it, he's Lord Momen up to that point if it makes sense gotcha like he he's lord momen and knows lord he knows all of the things that lord momen knew up to the moment he died Mm -hmm. for sure and being around for thousands of years has learned new things but he's not in and of himself a whole conscience gotcha it's it's really weird. It's hard. My brain knows what I'm trying to say. Essentially, it is Lord Momen, but not Lord Momen. It's not Lord Momen in the sense of, like, Obi-Wan is still Obi-Wan. Yeah. That's actually Obi-Wan. It's not a picture of Obi-Wan. With Momen, it's much more of a picture of Momen rather than Momen himself. Because gotcha. Darth Bane has a similar thing uh, with his grave um, as we know it in, in terms of it's kind of a picture of Darth Bane, but it's not Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Sith, it seems that, and it's never for good reasons. Usually with Sith, it's a matter of accident. Like with Moment, it's because his uh, force weapon fired and, and back, well, backfired against him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what kind of imprinted him, his conscience uh, to the, his mask, which is where his quote unquote spirit is held. So with spit with with um, with Sith, it seems to be much more about possession of items or places. Gotcha. Rather than uh, full spirits or full afterlife existence. Yeah. Because um, for all intents and purposes, moments dead. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's a imprint of him, a, a, a thumbprint of him left on his mask and with Darth Bane, there's a thumbprint left of him on his grave kind of thing. Gotcha. 
So that said, I, I could see in some special circumstances how someone could possibly have, I mean, because the ghost we encounter here could be of, created by that same method. Mm-hmm. Um, it, cer- it certainly communicates as if it knows things and is, is a full conscience, but it also, I mean, because it can only possess droids and all that, it just also feels kind of like it's limited. Gotcha. It's not like a full spirit. I don't know. So, I, I mean, we would have to have much more understanding into the idea of the afterlife of Star Wars to really understand. I, I think, though, if we get too many ghosts, it starts to not feel special anymore. You know, as far as Jedi Force ghosts go. Gotcha. Uh, in, in my opinion. Very good opinion. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, then, uh, we had much more to say on that than I thought we would, um, but... On to issue two, we see the introduction of uh, some unknown species, as of now, uh, with a very vampire-like inspiration and and ability. One might say they're power-hungry. Yeah, you could. Uh, So yeah, they're like electric or energy vampires, uh, because they do feed off the force seemingly, Mm -hmm. um, or at least force lightning a little bit. It's not entirely clear but essentially yeah there's they're 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 like these human-sized bat creatures that if they scratch you or bite you you turn into one of them um yeah more werewolf than vampire really i think it's kind of fused yeah i i I mean because you got to figure vampires and werewolves are very very similar i mean christopher lee was in some werewolf films but we're not gonna talk about those was he the howling the howling too have you never seen that? Mm-mm. It's terrible. I've only I've only seen it in Frankenstein and uh, Dracula. Oh boy! Um, if you've seen The Howling too, be sure to let herd leader John know how bad it is. <laughs> um, isn't isn't there like a paraplegic in it or something? What? Or no, that's Silver Bullet. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, that's Silver Bullet. Um, and we've so that it's all the same. <laughs> They're all the same stories. Uh. If you've seen one vampire movie, you've seen them all. Werewolf. Um, again, they're not that far unrelated, in my opinion. And I think in this case, they're meant to... They have wings, okay? They're clearly okay. not okay. wolves. And, I mean, you're talking about Christopher Lee. Count Dooku. The uh, you know, it's not Count Fluffybutt. It's it's Count Dracula. So, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were going for a vampire theme here. Count Fluffybutt is now <laughs> my Sith name. <laughs> um, well, Count Juku is not a Sith name. That's just his, his name yeah. and and whatnot. Anyway, but yes, so they're vampire or in some weird cases werewolf-like creatures that kind of pass along some weird gene that turns you into one of them. Um, we see this happen with a clone trooper and a little bit with Dooku in the story. Um, but ultimately they're, they're stopped, um, when Dooku kind of overfeeds, uh, the, the vampire creature. Yes. Um. He has ultimate power. This was my least favorite. Really? It was my favorite. I, the art was great and, and whatnot. Um, I really wanted to like this because it, 
it is the big inspiration because it features Dooku, a.k.a. Christopher Lee. So th- he's the iconic inspiration for this theme um, yeah, I of you. Star Wars Horror. So I really wanted to like it. I do not like this story. I, you know, you, you, for you, ghosts were too weird. For yeah. me, this was too weird. Really? Yeah, this one was just... I, I could accept if they were energy vampires. If yeah. they were just some species that feeds on energy. Mm-hmm. But the idea of transforming others by a scratch or bite is just too too mystic or too superstitious for me. Um, I, I think this one was just a little too on the nose of we want to write a vampire story kind of thing. I guess so. Um, what's especially confusing is one of the covers for this uh, that is beautifully done, it features Obi-Wan fighting Minox, which Minox are essentially uh, electrical vampires. They do feed on electrical currents and whatnot. That's why they were feeding on the falcon uh, in the belly of the uh, asteroid worm. However, they do not appear in this story. Right. So I almost had to double take and wonder, are they intending these creatures to be Minox? But there's nothing linking them or confirming them to be Minox or some mutation of Minox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minox are much more almost, it looks like a suckerfish with wings. Yeah. Whereas these are very clearly very bat-like creatures. So I was a little confused by that. I get you. I, I almost would have accepted if Dooku had like trained an, a legion of Minox <laughs> To sabotage <laughs> the Republic. <laughs> you know, Minox with freaking laser beams on their head or something, you know? Like, I would have accepted that more than the very on-the-nose... I get you. Clearly vampires. <laughs> They're clearly vampires. Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, I love everything but the, the, the story of it. And I really hate saying that. I love the, the art's beautiful. The art in, oh, yeah. in this is probably some of the best next to the Ewok one. Oh, but yeah. I just, I, the, it's too vampire-y for me. It's, hard, it's hard. Agree. Um, Agree to disagree. Yeah. So it, it's not to say that I dislike it, but. Yeah. It's your uh, least favorite. So. The planet Bray, uh, which is the planet where this story takes place, is named after Bray Studios, which is Hammers, uh, which is a studio that created uh, various yes. Universal Horror films. Yes. Uh, that's the uh, studio uh, where most of them, including Dracula, Prince of Darkness, which is what this issue is named after, was filmed. Yes, um, and the big difference between... Okay, so Universal Horror has kind of phases where in the early 50s late 40s they had um the original dracula bella lugosi Mm -hmm. uh they had wolfman they had the invisible man they had all of these you know boris karloff frankenstein right yeah boris karloff frankenstein and the mummy my favorite mummy movie by the way i i love brendan fraser but the og is still my favorite um, and then doesn't have the rock in it. Yeah, <laughs> during the late '60s, early '70s, um, Hammer wanted to remake 
the um, the Dracula films, and so they um, they cast Christopher Lee to be Count Dracula, mm-hmm. which spawned a whole other uh, line of remakes. Mm-hmm. Like that's where American Werewolf in London came from, mm-hmm. was they were inspired by the old Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Oh, I love old horror. Fun ones. fact: In this era of films, when uh, Christopher Lee plays Doctor Frankenstein, mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh, his name escapes me. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing plays uh, Van Helsing. Yes, yes, he does. So there you go. He's Van Helsing in um, the Dracula films. I don't I, remember. I may, I may have begun. Yeah. I, no. Now, okay, no, he may have been Helsing to Christopher Lee's yes. Dracula, yes. but they worked together on a Frankenstein movie, too. Yeah, he was, I don't remember. And, oh, you know what I think it is? I think I think um, Cushing was Dr. Frankenstein, and I don't think Christopher Lee was the monster, but he was no, in there. He was in there somewhere. And we're gonna have to do like a regardless, major rewatch. <laughs> regardless, they're they're horror buddies. Yeah, and um, there there's a lot of really cool um, frames in the comic book that allude to you know the old universal horror, and even a couple of frames from like Nosferatu, which mm-hmm. is the 20s. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, have you, have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, it's super heckin' creepy. They yeah they did their research for this one. That's oh, for absolutely. Sure. Um. Originally, it was supposed to be a parody of Frankenstein, um, Frankenstein, but they did decide that when dealing with Dooku, it, it had to be a Dracula-related story. Um, would have been interesting to see what what they would have done for Frankenstein. I would have I would have liked some zombie work, just but. like Chewbacca coming out of a coffin, like <laughs> maybe not that much. Now, would but Dr. Rollins the hay? zombie zombie Wookies would be would be something. Um, but speaking of Chewie, issue three had Han and Chewie uh, tangled up in the vines of the Emerald Witch Zala. Mm-hmm. This one I liked um, just for the story. I didn't really think there was much spooky about it, really. No. Uh, other than the idea that it's a witch. But um, I think it was just a good story in general. Yeah. Uh, the art was very nice. The witch was pretty. Yes. Um uh, Kevin Scott had this to say about it. He said, when I was working up the plot, the two sisters were originally named Anna and Helza, uh, revealing their frozen influences. Uh, but he had to make note to change these uh, to something a little less obvious down the line. However, the planet Rindell is a homage to Kingdom of Arendelle in the Disney movie. Yes. So apparently, like, his sisters were watching Frozen while he was writing, and he kind of just... John. Ripped off the story. <laughs> John. What? Do you want to build a snowman? No. Oh. No snowmen. Okay. Do you... No. Do you want to ride the falcon? Yes. I want to do that. Okay. okay. We'll do that. Um, build a snowman. I laughed so much when finding out his inspiration for the story. Yeah. I actually didn't realize it. I, did, I didn't catch any <laughs> real similarities, but... but it's one of those things that after you after you say it's there, it's there. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to. It's know, like a magic eye picture. It's like you can't not look at the dolphin. Yeah. Now it though in knowing its full story, knowing that Han and Chewie only come in at the 
end of the story. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a much better story if it was yeah. more fully told from the beginning of Zala discovering her powers, yeah. creating this empire of vines and, and plant life yeah. creatures. Do it for the vine. Yeah. So she if they were ever do to do a, a maybe two or three part yeah. series on this story, I'd love it. They would never do that because it's such an offhand story. Oh yeah. But I, I liked, I liked the mm-hmm. int- telling me it's based on frozen only makes me want a f- the full story, mm-hmm. uh, which would just in that, at that point become a, yeah. Frozen parody, but anyway. Issue four. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Issue four um, introduced, it was a uh, Ewok-centric story, mm-hmm. um, which from the cover, it, from the cover alone, it probably has one of the spookier design, like it, yeah, the, the design of the Gorax on the cover spooky. is very, very evil looking. Yeah. And I'll say, I got the horror movie reference almost immediately. And I'm curious if you realized what it was. Wicker Man? It was Wicker Man! I don't think so. It was... Oh, dude, it was totally Wicker Man. I, th- I mean, like, the last couple of panels, maybe. I don't think the full story's... Eh. Ish. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think the scary part... I don't know that it was completely based on an entire plot of a of some other horror movie. Yeah. Because I don't think Wicker Man counts as a horror movie. The original does. Well We're um, not talking about the Nicolas Cage horror movie. I'm not gonna even go. I, I think horror. I think it's horror because the mon- the monster yeah. Gorax and the idea of sacrificing children. Yes. Uh, In a giant it just happens to be resemble <laughs> yeah, it just happens to resemble it, this one has a much better ending though. Oh yeah, I liked I liked that. So essentially, the plot um, is that some old crazy Ewok uh, discourages, but not really, some young pack from going and trying to find Walklings, which it's, is apparently what they call their babies. Yeah. <laughs> which somewhere we have a baby Walkling. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. Um, I think it's on the TV. Anyway, so you have, you know, they, this young group wants to go look for it. Um, they think that the Durlocks, which is a com- uh, more aggressive Ewok-like species mm-hmm. on the planet, they think, oh, they kidnapped the kids, so we're going to go get them. And the old guy's like, no, don't do it. No, but stop. He really, he's not really trying to stop him because it turns out that he wanted them to go there so that they would discover the Gorax, discover the children, and all be sacrificed to the Gorax. Because it kind of has this very, if we feed the monster, it'll yeah. leave us alone kind of story. Yeah. Um, and so that's what he tries to do, but he ends up getting eaten. Yeah. Which is tragically nice. It's fantastic. I love it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It had a very Wicker Man feel to me. To each their own, I guess. Yeah. Um, and if you've never seen the original, uh, 1968 Wicker Man with Christopher Lee yet again. It is really fantastic. Yeah, I didn't realize that. You probably oh, told yeah. me that before. I didn't he's realize uh, that. he's uh, um, he's Somerset. The, he's the the investigator. No, he's the cult leader. Oh, never mind. Then. Yeah, that fits more. Never mind. That works. Yeah. Um, Lord Summerisle, I think. Yeah. So now this one had the best art and and color palette. Oh yeah, it was very like seventies. Yeah, and so um, it's illustrated by. Archie Horror Comics uh, illustrator Robert Hack, Mm 
but the colors come from Charlie Kirchhoff, um, mm-hmm. who apparently came up with the colors based on the art of um, the art of Robert. So apparently, he got that kind of inspired from him. I, I don't know how his yeah. brain works to put two and two together, but it, it does so well. It looks so great. Um, and there's great scenes of the, the Durlux and the Gorax that both really give a very scary vibe. I think this one probably did the best with capturing a scary story. Oh yeah, definitely. And also child sacrifice. So it kind of wins. (laughs) Um, Issue five is out today uh, when this is hitting your ears, which means it's not out as we're reading it. Um, And also means that we won't be sharing nor spoiling it. Uh, You'll have to go and read that um, for yourself if you would like to know how. Because we haven't even told you the story of Vader's castle. These are just the spooky stories within the story. So um, go and uh, check that out for yourself um, if you're interested at this point. Um, But definitely a great series to check out. Oh, yeah, totally. I will say that... The end of issue four, introducing Vader, mm-hmm. it gives some very Rogue One vibes, very slasher villain oh, yeah. Vader kind of vibes. Um, yeah. So that's what I kind of wanted to talk about to close that was Vader as a horror character or sla- really my perspective is he, he would fit much more, especially having seen it in Rogue One as kind of a slasher villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, he definitely is going for body count in Rogue One. Yeah, it's it's the reason he's scary is because he can kill you in such gruesome fashion. Yeah, you know, he's just this unstoppable evil. He's not scary because you know he pops out of a corner in you know, <laughs> curtain. You know, like he's not yeah. scary in that sense. He's scary in the sense of knowing what he could and probably will do to you. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think that, uh, the, the final issue of this series is going to see a little bit of that come, come out. Uh, and again, like we, we see at that in that hallway scene of rogue one is probably the scariest Vader's ever been. Yes. I mean, that's kind of a new ish Vader. Like, he's still in a... No, wait. No. He's been Vader for a while. Yeah, 19 years. My brain didn't work for a minute. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I I think it's a more unleashed Vader. Yes. Given the circumstances, because, you know, I mean, knowing that they have the Death Star plans and knowing how important that is, I think this is a very unkempt Vader of, I've got a job to do, and Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be coy about it. I'm not trying to hide anything about it. I'm not... I'm I'm going to kill all of you and, and yes. get the plans back, kind of thing. Dad's angry, y'all. Yeah, um, I think Vader was a good pick for basing. Th- I I feel like he's going to be the final scary part of uh, the five issue series. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, I think he was a good pick for that. Uh, just being, and and certainly his castle is a good setting. Mm-hmm. For having spooky, scary stories. Um, I mean, castles themselves. How many 
castles have we seen in iconic horror? Yeah. Well, and how many people can say that an ancient Sith who lives in a mask built my temple? But he, mm-hmm. didn't, he designed it. He didn't build it because he's yeah. a mask. But um, <laughs> mask he, he ain't got no arms. <laughs> um, he can astral project. So, yeah, I mean, if a, if a Sith designed, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you can say a Sith did your interior decorating, <laughs> you're probably a scary dude. Yeah, just he was in the mask, just like, and I think these curtains should go here. Yes, and they should Big be black to match the black floor and the black walls and the black ceiling. And my black soul. <laughs> exactly. Just like, yes. Just lots of black. Yes, we know. Yep, yeah, so, um, anyway... So I, I will. I I think that Tales from Vader's Castle is the latest proof that scary Star Wars stories work, and there's plenty in Star Wars that you could base a scary story on, mm-hmm. um, if given the right, you know, setting and uh, characters. So yeah, you gotta I, have I, the right meat to it. Yeah. So hopefully, this is not the only experience we get with this uh you know so hopefully it's um something we would get to see develop a little bit more yeah in star wars storytelling um because other than other than a couple of things that we're going to talk about down the list the rest is just scary because of the circumstance not because it was intentionally meant to be like spooky um, well, there are some that was meant to be spooky. But yeah. yeah, well, that's what I say. There's a couple, but the rest, it's just kind of spooky by yeah. osmosis kind of thing. Um, for instance, our next thing, so kind of switching from the comic world to the video game world, and you don't have to be much of a gamer to, for this. We're just going to talk about aspects of the video game, uh, particularly in Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. There was a game mode introduced earlier this year that's now permanent, thank goodness, part, because it's so much fun and it's so crazy. Um, but when introduced, I was, I was like, meh, and then I played it, and it's scary. Yeah. Like, it's not, it, it, again, it's not scary in the sense of, I had nightmares afterwards. It's scary in the sense of, uh, the emotion and the feeling you get while playing or being in the environment. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the game mode is Ewok Hunt, and... Uh, initially, my brain goes to, oh, it's a game mode where you get to play as Ewoks versus Stormtroopers. Eh, okay. But it's more about the setting that makes this game mode. Yeah. This this game mode is set completely at night. Um, in the deep, thick forests of, uh, of Endor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and a few people are selected to be the Ewoks, but most of the players in the, in the match are selected to be Stormtroopers. And so you find yourself in the forest with very little vision. You've got a flashlight, but you can't really see much. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you see little uh, torches around and whatnot. You can hear everything. And you have to survive. Gotcha. Uh, the few players that are selected as Ewoks, their job is to kill. And it it's really nerve-wracking being in the setting as a stormtrooper as an Ewok being on the uh, offensive is of course great because you you can see well um you don't have to worry about all that stuff you know you're the one killing 
you're fine. But when you're trying to survive, like it, and especially, you know, there's this one ability that the Ewoks uh, have that gives them boosted stats. And it also lets others know uh, where enemies are for a small period of time. Mm-hmm. And so they play the little horn, the dun 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 and hearing like 20 of those go off at once, <laughs> like, cause it starts very far away. And then all of a sudden you hear one right next to you and you're like, Oh my gosh. And so you just like full sprint away and it doesn't work. Cause you end up running into trees and like, it's so crazy. Um, and I mean, you're dealing with Ewoks. So even when you're getting attacked, most of the time you can't see them until it's too late. <laughs> it's just, it's so crazy and it works so so well and I honestly this changed my perspective on Ewoks months and months ago this was the time when I was like yeah I I can see how the Empire now circumstances were different circumstances (laughs) were it was not at night it was in the middle of day but regardless these little murder bears are scary in this version and so I can understand how some young ill-trained Imperial uh, stormtroopers could be overtaken by some murder bears. Hashtag murder bears. Exactly. 2018. Boo. So I I had to mention because just because it's, it's one of the more recent scary. And like I said, it's more situational. There's nothing scary about the Ewoks. It's about the setting. You're, you know, the Ewoks become scary because of the setting. You can't see them. You can hear them, but it's always too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it works really, really well. I was glad when they made this a permanent part of the game. I enjoy playing it a few times, but usually I get really stressed out really quick and have to switch to something else. Cause I'm just like, it's, <laughs> I've gotten to the end a couple of times just before being able to win. Cause the idea again is to survive. Yeah. So you have to last, I think like, five or six minutes and then a shuttle comes and you have to get to the shuttle. Usually I die on my way to the shuttle. Um, get to the you, cause I, I try and stay by myself, which isn't the best tactic because usually you can deal with the Ewoks better in group. Mm-hmm. But cause basically when one person starts shooting somewhere, just everyone else shoots. But what I find too is you're a lot easier to find in a group. So I prefer to just stay as an individual and, and let the Ewoks handle everybody else mm-hmm. and just wait for the shuttle to show up. It's still nerve wracking. Cause like just trying not to die. Like, it's just <laughs> really cool. I would love more game modes. I, someone on Twitter had suggested a while back, let's have a game mode where you're on a Republic freighter and all lights are off except for like, so similar to the uh, Ewok hunt where you just have the flashlight. There's no other lights. Uh, and Vader's on the ship. Mm. That would be sick. It sounds kind of like, um, I don't know if you've ever played the Friday the 13th game. Mm -mm. It's very similar. Yeah, I'd imagine so. So I I would, I would love if, if something like that ever came out, like, um, but I think that whoever, the, the, the team that came up with this really, really, really good job. Oh yeah. Uh, and I definitely think in the future we should get something related with Vader because I think I think that would work very well. Vader, me, man. Um. So, 
uh, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And another um, aspect of video game characters uh, that was a little spooky. I'm mentioning this because I'm a Force Unleashed fanboy more than anything. Yes, because you're a big nerd. Yeah, but um, in Force Unleashed 2, um, there were terror troopers. Mm-hmm. And terror troopers were... Now, I have to say, this is Legends. Force Unleashed 2, Force Unleashed, that stuff, that's all Legends. Um, these characters are Legends, but regardless, again, I'm a fanboy, so I break the rules, I mention it. Um, you rebel, you. So, uh, you know, the Empire of Legends were constantly experimenting and working with things um, that were just unnatural and scary and just communicated, hey, we're bad guys because we're doing this. Um, and this was one of them. So originally they had what were called shadow troopers, which were essentially normal stormtroopers trained in an elite, an elite division that had armor that could refract light in a way that would make them nearly invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, terror troopers take that technology and advance it further with cyborg enhanced soldiers. Spooky. And so... They don't look like normal stormtroopers. They have armor that looks a lot more like Grievous mm-hmm. armor. Like their their mask looks much more like that skeletal frame look. Um, they have cl- uh, clawed feet, and they have um, hands with knives on. Very very Fred- Freddy Krueger style. Ooh, um, spooky. And they're very fast and agile. And again, they have that cloaking ability. And so there's um, a part when you're on, I want to say Camino or some Imperial facility, maybe. Um, and there you're, you enter into a dark section of the, of the map. And of course, you know, that means something is going to happen. And their introduction is very highlighting of their spooky inspirations. Um, I remember getting really tense during this part of the game. Um, cause you, I mean, you, you essentially have these very, uh, skeletal looking, they almost look like creatures. They're, they're supposedly were once human, but mm-hmm. they're just jacked up and, uh, very agile and energetic. And so they're, they're a good challenge to a powerful force user. Um, they're, I mean, it's better than just having a part of the game where you hack and slash more stormtroopers. Yeah. They actually put up a good fight. So, I, I mean, I thought it was really interesting. And certainly with talking about death troopers later, it it's very similar. And mm-hmm. the idea of we want to take people as a basis of a super soldier. Uh, but really we want to do something that strips them of their consciousness so we can just control them and make them killers. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, and it, it's kind of what's rumored to be the basis for the death troopers in canon. So the death troopers of like rogue one and rebels and whatnot, mm-hmm. there's rumors that they're not normal soldiers. They're experimented on and augmented troopers. Yeah. Some even, whisper and share rumors that they're zombies, which is just an inspiration. It's just, it's a reference to their inspiration, the name of them, you know, the book Death Troopers Mm -hmm. dealing with zombies. Um, I doubt it's actually true. Yeah, I think that's more of like a, oh. 
I think it's, I think it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, you know, Charlie left company and never came back. And next thing we know, he's in the death trooper division and he doesn't even act like he knows us anymore. I feel like it's kind of those kind of stories being shared around amongst troops that like, Oh, they took him and experimented on him. It's, it's not Charlie anymore. It's gotta be something else. Like, um, which you can almost make some spooky story on that basis alone. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but I think it's more, yeah, they are experimented and augmented, but they're still them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have some like inhibitor chips to make them much more soldiery, much more uh, effective, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, than the average stormtrooper. Yeah. But I don't think they're, I don't think they're zombos. Mm-mm. Or for the uninitiated zombies. <laughs> Zambos, yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I wanted to mention that as a transition to talking about zombies. Yeah, Talking Zambos. about the Zambos. Um, Star Wars actually has a few examples of zombies. Uh, I'm sorry, what? There's a few examples of what? Zombies. One more time? <laughs> Z- <laughs> Stop making fun of my accent. Zambos. Z- Zamb- whatever. Yeah. Um... Now, uh, I think terror troopers were both created to be a little scary, but they were more scary because of the environment of the game. Yeah. Ewok hunt is scary because of the environment of the game. So I, I think now we're getting into territory of no, they were made to be scary. Uh, and, and so we have a few zombie stories to share, uh, from the star Wars galaxy. Uh, Clone Wars fans will know two of them, um, because first we have the Genosian Brainworm Zombies. Gross! So, I have mixed feelings. You? No. Um, because, so what, this, this takes place during an arc that was very sold as the Second Battle of Geonosis. Mm-hmm. And it's very true that it does take place in part of the Battle of Geonosis. But really what it is, is what I, I think it's like two episodes are, no, three episodes are about battle. And then there's one episode about zombies. One and a half episodes about zombies. Gross. Regardless, the ending isn't about war. It's not about battle. It's about dealing with these zombies. The reason I have mixed feelings is because I love the Battle of Geonosis. I love the zombie story. I don't like that they're so close together because I feel like it's a really hard shift. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that when we get to it in our Clone Wars rewatch. But it just goes straight from, oh, you know, here's generic Clone Wars battling. And then we're going into spooky story. So it's interesting. But regardless, what, what ends up happening is, and, you know... For the for the sake of talking about this in the episode, you know what you need to know about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, it's not necessarily going to spoil major plots, but um, we have our heroes go underground to um, chase after uh, escaping Geonosians, and they discover that the Geonosians have a queen, and in order to kind of rebuild the Geonosian army. They use these worm creatures to bring dead Geonosians to life. Gross. Um, but they don't just work on Geonosians. As we see, they infle- uh, infect clone troopers as well. 
So really, they work on anything. What what it seems like they do is they crawl up in your brain, wrap around your brain stem, and control you. That's Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that kinda. literally happened multiple times on Star Trek. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it. But it, it it is that kind of story of it's they're not quite zombies in the sense of now the Geonosian zombies are zombies because they're literally dead Geonosians brought mm-hmm. back to life by the control of the worms. Gotcha. But it's more about brain control than living dead. The the, the Geonosians aren't living dead. They're just bodies being controlled by the impulses of this brain worm, if that makes sense. Yeah, like on Star Trek. Sure. <laughs> um, which almost leads me to believe that when the brain decays and is no longer functional, then the worm could no longer control the quote-unquote zombie. Yeah. Um, so there may be a, a flaw, but, but it, it definitely was interesting. I like this idea more than straight up zombie yeah because it's for instance so because droids are uh, not droids uh because geonosians are very insectoid i get a vibe of um i think it's ants or spiders there's some type of bug that turns another bug into a zombie but it's not a zombie yeah it's a it's a type of fly yeah so the the fly in some way controls the body of its prey of another bug. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that that dead bug is alive. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of that it, it's not that the dead are living. It's that they're being controlled by something else, essentially being used as puppets, meat puppets. So it works for me. I think, I think this is probably the best example of zombies in um, Star Wars mm-hmm. in terms of how it works um, but it's a very simple fix of you know because um, I mean they need a quick solution it can't be permanent eventually the they find a way to kill the worms and all's back to normal but yeah. I, I really liked the episode featuring the technically episodes featuring the uh, Geonosian brain worms it, it definitely worked for me and I enjoy it and um other than you having the story of it, I think you'll enjoy it when yeah. we actually fully watch those stories for the Clone Wars rewatch. It's not far off. I believe Geonosian arc is in season two. Hmm. So I look forward to it. Won't be long. Uh, further in to the Clone Wars, we have Night Sister Zombies. Now, this one's a bit different. And it'll also lead us to talking about Star Wars witches a bit more because Night Sisters. Yeah. But Night Sisters zombies. So essentially, when Night Sisters die, they're put in pods, and these pods are hung in trees. Mm-hmm. And that's their home now. <laughs> and <laughs> I live here. If, this is my pod tree. If they're ever needed, then uh, they use their force magic to summon them and bring them back to life. So, again, it's less living dead, and it's more... Taking a nap. Well, it's, it's more <laughs> about possession. Yeah. Uh, they aren't alive so much as they are being used... Their bodies are being used as puppets. But, in this case, by mystic force energy. Yeah. 
Um, now, I will say these are much more zombie. And for the Geonosians, their they're dead just turn gray. Here, they, they're full-on like Pirates of the Caribbean zombie. Uh, they, they look gangly and nasty and, and, and whatnot. Um, they definitely go for the scary vibe of it. Um, so I, I really like these, uh, the appearance of these zombies as well. Um, but, but again, it's connected to their force magic. You know, the Night Sisters are described as witches, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. What do you think about, and clear, you haven't seen the Night Sisters stuff much. You, you don't have that perspective of knowing the stories with it, but just off the introduction of of this story to you what what do you think of star wars witchcraft and witches and whatnot well i think you know star wars in itself has always been a bit spiritual Mm -hmm. so i don't think it's much of a leap Mm -hmm. so eh. yeah um it's been interesting especially with the new canon and everything it's talked a lot more about the different views certain people groups or certain groups of uh have regarding the force mm-hmm. um and so you can see in several stories where hey you believe in the force no i believe in uh the tide which is this all-powerful controlling energy that you know is in all things yes uh, that's the force um you know we accept the force because it's the most prominent uh quote-unquote religion uh, in Star Wars, I mean, you know, the Jedi and Sith are essentially, you know, religious zealots. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that's the only interpretation of the Force. Yeah. Uh, and so I see the witchcraft of the Night Sisters as an aspect of controlling the Force in their way. Because um, we also see that Palpatine knows uh, Sith alchemy, mm-hmm. which is manipulation of uh, the force through certain dark means. And so there's another aspect of it. It's force stuff, but it's different. Uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, we don't fully know everything. We've not gone into a very big dive of uh, the force in, in terms of, uh, witchcraft or alchemy or anything like that. We haven't really gone into the the deep realms of uh, what it is. So it's it's hard to really describe it um, or or understand it at this point. But yeah, I've always seen it as it's this particular group of uh, people's interpretation and use of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly dark side, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, you don't see the light side uh, summoning zombies or anything like that. So it's it's yeah. definitely evil. <laughs> evil! Um, and then, so we have uh, the granddaddy of all Star Wars zombie stories. We have Death Troopers, which we've mentioned throughout. Um, oh, yeah. And it was the book that we listened to on our uh, way to and from Disney. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think this is a really, really good zombie story and Star Wars story. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the resolution to the story is a bit 
simple. It kind of just ends. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I feel like it was kind of written into a corner. That was just me. Yeah. So I feel like the way it ended was the only way it could have ended because it was just kind of like, you got, you've you really made it into a very hopeless situation. I, like Yeah. <laughs> it, so it was, uh, yeah, res- resolution aside, the story uh, of both the spread of uh, this weaponized disease, uh, which is essentially how the Death Troopers come about, as well as journeying with them, um, you know, growing in awareness and intelligence and all this other stuff. And along the way of various characters that you've come to care about dying unexpectedly, uh, it's just a really good story. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I haven't, I mean, obviously we listened to it, but I haven't read it. I have in probably a good couple years. Uh, it's been a very long time since I last read this book. So, um, rereading it was, was really nice. Uh, it reminded me of how good of a story it is. And it reminded me of how much I would love to see this. Oh yeah. Um, it was great. Like fan film or I, I doubt it would get a film yeah. film. Maybe like a short film. Maybe. Um, Altogether, though, I think this idea really works. I mean, again, it deals with the Empire experimenting with, you know, its troopers. Um, And almost in the same sense of the Genosian Queen being like, hey, we've got all these dead Genosians lying around. Would be great if we could use them. Recycling. Yeah. Uh, This is Imperial recycling. Is They were intending to um, create these undead soldiers that would just in turn create more undead soldiers and it would be fairly unstoppable. Of course it goes horribly awry. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's how we get the story we get. And there's also a prequel to it called red harvest, which is not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in the old Republic and gives a solution for kind of, uh, how, uh, the weaponization of this, um, kind of disease uh comes about uh it's it's a lot l- more campy and uh silly i think mm-hmm. whereas death troopers really takes itself seriously as a scary story that happens to take place in star wars um i will say that the the scary writing was better than the star wars writing yes um we do have familiar characters like han and chewie show up which absolutely surprised me. <laughs> yeah. I had no clue. You ha- you didn't look at any of the promotional art. That- I did not. Um, I just listened to the book. Yeah. So I think Han was all right. Chewie though, there was a couple of times when he was written for that I felt were not quite chewy. Yeah. It was more like artsy fartsy chewy, just like deep contemplation chewy. It, yeah. I, I think it was both for, the artist's interpretation or the, the author's interpretation. Yeah. And also what worked for the story that they were telling. But I just, I think in general, I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was chewy. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll say when it wasn't focused on chewy, when chewy was just a character going alongside the story, it worked. Mm-hmm. But when 
you know, where when we go inside Chewie's mind and his thoughts and everything, eh, yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't really work for me. Very philosophical Chewie. Um, and that could just be, that yeah. could just be our interpretation. Yeah. But, and so, I will recommend, please listen to the audiobook. <laughs> the, yeah, the audiobook is very, very good. Yes. Um, I, I don't like audiobooks and I enjoyed this. Um, yeah. the, the variety of voices that the, um, reader had. And I, I wish, uh, I had it. Um, I wish we had a clip. I wish we had, well, I wish I had his name to give you, <laughs> but if you, if you, um, download it on audible, uh, you can find it there. I wish we had a promo code for you or something, but I wish audible, please. they're not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> But the but, main reason I want people to listen <laughs> to it is okay. So you oh have gosh, oh that's why the usual chapter Dang titles it. where you know the narrator will read the title and then for some reason they thought it would be a good idea to have someone in the background echoing by yelling the title. Mm-hmm. So there is a chapter called Bubble. <laughs> It's it it made us giggle on more than one occasion. It's not it's not that it's just yeah an echo. So there's a it's very reverberated. So it's yeah you have the traditional reading of the title, but you also have a few whispery and gaspily voices. Like it's meant to be spooky, spooky. Yeah, and for the most part, it is. But it's when you get weird titles like that. Yeah, um, it's literally just like this very serious voice saying, chapter, whatever, bubble. Bubbles! Because <laughs> uh, there's also one um, called Long Windows, and uh, it's like, windows! Uh, it's it, so funny. <laughs> it works for some things, and then for others, it's just comedy. Yeah. But on the serious note, the, the, the reading is very well done. Oh yeah. Definitely. Uh, again, the variety of voices is great. Um, the use of, um, blaster fire and various sound effects is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, just a great story. So if you're looking for your next star Wars read, really recommend this. It's not scary, scary. It's no. just about zombies. I will say there's a couple of times when it gets a little gore graphic. Oh yeah, it gets very graphic. In terms of talking about the zombies eating. Uh, yeah, but you, you get very sparse. Very, very sparse. It's not heavy with that. I mean, yeah. I want to say there's maybe three or four times when it talks about yeah. uh, that kind of activity. Yeah. But it, I, I don't want you to think it's yeah. horrendous. It, but um, but they don't just be like, yeah. oh, they're eating. No, they, they tell you. Yeah, and I will be honest, there is... There is a part of the book where it is a pretty graphic depiction of um, gore and surgery. I'll say that. When she's cutting open. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. When she, she's trying to remove part of the infection. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> I mean, like. I didn't uh, think it was. It got me. I didn't think it was, was as bad as the eating Wookiees part. But. No. Like, that part you get. You get a description. Yeah. Um, can't We can't sing praises of this yeah. enough. This was... I mean, we could have done the whole episode on Death Troopers, but I wanted to talk about a variety of spooky Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, but we'll leave you with that. And, and hopefully you've discovered some new spooky things uh, as it relates to Star Wars. 
Maybe you'll go uh, rewatch those Clone Wars episodes. Maybe you'll read the the book Death Troopers. Maybe you'll go read the the Tales from Vader's Castle comics. Yeah. Uh, our hope is that in some way it's left you with some homework to do. Um, uh, not homework because that doesn't sound fun. But some... do your homework. Eat your oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. Drink your Ovaltine. Um. Feed your cat. <laughs> okay, that means it's time. Time to transition. Time. All right. Hopefully, we will go semi-uninterrupted for the end of this episode. Um, The scariest thing in recording podcasting is recording around cats that are very vocal. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, Anyway, so hopefully you enjoyed uh, our little dive into spooky Star Wars. We'll end this episode as we will end every main show now with a little bit of Q&A. This week, uh, mostly reviewing questions we asked you guys. Um, We asked on Twitter this week, uh, would you want to see Boba Fett appear in the Mandalorian streaming series? Uh, We had a poll and asked you guys to share your answers of why and why not below. The results of the poll were... 56% 56% yes, 44% no. Hmm. And we had 16 votes. Um, we had a couple of answers on the um, post as well. Rebecca was indifferent but leaned to no. Uh, Rural Farm Boy said yes, technically, but with his appearance being of his corpse. Uh, so I take that <laughs> as more of a no, but oh boy, it's still an appearance. Um, Ethan said yes, as long as it makes sense. And Michael Johnson said yes. Um... I'm going to save my theories because <laughs> in a few weeks we're going to have an episode where we talk about the Mandalorian show. Yeah. Or at least our theories about it. Um, and we may get some more news in between there. I will say yes. Yes-ish. And if you want to know why I want him to appear in the series, you'll have to tune in in a few weeks for our Mandalorian mm-hmm. theories episode because I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it here, but I will say yes, I would like to. And no, it's not just because I'm a Boba Fett fan, okay? It's part of it. I hear you guys <laughs> judging me already. Don't judge your father. I have an idea of how it could work. Here's the thing. John Favreau is not going to listen to my idea, so it doesn't matter. Now don't but, say that. But I do have an idea of how it could happen if it's going to happen mm-hmm. and the way in which I hope it happens. Yes. John but, Favreau... I don't doubt that he can do it well. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, if it if it does happen, you know, I I, I trust John Favreau with the entirety of the series, mm-hmm. and if Boba does appear, I do trust him with how he appears. So, but uh, but what about you? Um, I don't know. I'm a little mixed. Um, I agree that if it's done well, you know, it could be a very <laughs> you can't see but I'm waving my arms in a very fashion um but at the end of the day I wouldn't I wouldn't be terribly sad if it didn't happen mm, like I, get I, that. I mean I don't think that the show is meant to be you know the Boba Fett variety hour and I think we're meant to understand that but mm-hmm. either way like, I'd be cool with a cameo if it's even just his corpse or maybe, like, an arm coming out of the Sarlacc pit. I don't know. 
Well, this take I want to say eight years or a few years after Return of the Jedi. So, well, John, I, when you get eaten by the Thylak pet, yeah, but he would be dead. I mean, you're digested for a thousand years, but you'd be <laughs> dead before that. I don't know. It's really not that gruesome when you think about. It. You're probably dying within a half hour. Yeah. But uh, it. I mean, yeah, it it could work where it's just a simple. You know, don't want to end up like that Boba Fett guy, dead in a Sarlacc. You know, that That's, confirmation of yep. death is, is, is good enough. But, again, I have a theory. Oh. And you'll have to tune in to check that out in a few weeks. Self-promo. Anyway, promo. Uh, we also asked you guys um, what droid you'd pick as your companion in the galaxy far, far away. It could have been a character or just a certain model that you like. Um, Rebecca said R2, uh, very... Solid answer there. Michael Johnson said K2. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that. Yeah. Um, Christian Cousin on Facebook said Chopper. Ooh. N- new cool interaction there. We don't Chopper. usually get Facebook interactions, but uh, all all good picks. What what would be your droid companion, Megan? Well, I'm not gonna go obvious. Really? Because he'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Like legit. Like. I want to travel with someone who actually has at least a slight care of human life. Mm-hmm. And I would pick BB-8. Because okay. not only is he... that, What was that voice? <laughs> I, was, I was unexpected. <laughs> Again, I'm just surprised you didn't say IG-88. <laughs> yeah, he's my boy, but from a distance. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very murdery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, yeah, BB-8's my boy. A little orange boy. Um, if I needed a light for anything, he could just like give me a thumbs up. <laughs> um, like most of uh, most of BB-8 is just pressure factor. Like he's adorable and he's smart and he can hold his own in a fight. Mm-hmm. Little circle boy. There you go. I love him. He won't tell you dirty jokes like R2 would, but there you go. And with BB-8 comes Poe Dameron, so there you go. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, if you have BB-8, he's probably dead. He's probably coming after me. Like, he's he's loaned out his droid, but he's never just full-on given his droid away, so Poe's probably dead. Give me your droid, Poe. There you go. Um, I would say Roger. Really? Um, from Freemaker, uh, and, and now from Lego All-Stars. Uh... I love um, I love Roger. He's funny, uh, and he's all the best aspects of uh, Battle Droid, uh, but in a much more likable character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and he's a lot less annoying than anything like three uh, PO or anything. Oh yeah. Um, and he's also self managing, un- unlike some where it's like, I mean, you run into stairs and R two's defeated. <laughs> I, and I'm not lifting him. He's much like a Dalek. I will say, yes, he's proven he can get up and downstairs, and yes, he has jetpacks. But you, you get my point. Yeah. Roger can just walk around or chill about. Mm-hmm. And again, he's funny. <laughs> so, I like him. He's a kitty boy. Yeah. Um, so, on to our question for ourselves, because we didn't really have any um, on social media. But uh, we always have one in our back pocket, just yeah. in case. So it's this week, melting. Uh, in in connection a little bit with the Boba Fett question, do we need to know the origin and fate of everyone in Star Wars? Meaning, every character that we see, do we need to know where they come from and where they go? Mm-hmm. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from, Boba Fett? 
uh, a, a test tube. Um, He's a murmur. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Do you do you feel the need to know that stuff with most characters uh, in Star Wars? In my heart of hearts, I will always be like a Tolkien fangirl. Um, so I I love backstory. I love knowing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's necessary with every character. Like I think some characters are just, you know, cool in their own right. Like I don't I don't think they need backstory to be cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think some are only useful for their purpose and we're not meant to get a focus on them. Yeah. And and there's certain characters that if we get a full story detailing them, then we've really run out of stories. Yeah. But I think I think it works when it works. Um Yeah. Like getting much more backstory on Dr. Evazon uh and oh, Honda yeah. Baba worked because of Rogue One and and now even in connection with the Doctor Afro comics. Um, you know, knowing the backstory of characters in the cantina, thanks to, uh, from a certain point of view, mm-hmm. works for simple situations. Like, it's non-essential, but it's nice. Yeah. Um, now, I will say that regardless, I don't think we need to know the, like, certain characters that I get the backstory on mm-hmm. of the cantina, I don't need to know what happens to them after yeah. the cantina. But I do think I would like, I would like to know the the fate of certain characters. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Boba Fett. I would like to know solidly if he is dead or not. And the only reason I think it's up in the air is because of Legends introducing the idea of escaping the Sarlacc. And we also know that the Sarlacc was killed in the explosion that followed sales, Joe, uh, Jabba's sail barge exploding. Um, so it's possible that being that the Sarlacc's dead, he could have escaped. So it... There's options, but I I do think it would be nice to know. Yeah. Uh, certain characters. Yeah. Not everyone. No. I think that gets to be a little much, and I'm I'm not a, against knowing the backstory of all characters. Certainly, it's kind of written. You know, the way scripts are done now, uh, when just as it pertains to Star Wars, you know, when they're writing a cantina scene, um. You know, they're like, this is who this person is, and this is why they're here. Like, mm-hmm. they give them a little blurb. They know who they are. Yeah. They don't write a book about them, but they, they've got some details. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, look at what made Han Solo cool in A New Hope. hmm You get just enough. Like, he's a pilot, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I made this thing you don't know about you don't know anything about what I'm talking about in 12 parsecs, but I'm rounding down. That kind of thing. Like, yeah. But I don't think knowing his backstory takes away from his character, though. No. Like, I don't I don't really believe in demystifying characters as much. I don't believe that Han Solo's a lesser character because we have Solo a Star Wars story. Now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it serves to make characters stronger knowing their story more fully. But of course, you would expect to know Han's full story because it's Han. He's a he's a major player. Yeah. Um, I think one of the cool things about Star Wars is the fact that everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly, I think that's uh, something that's always attractive is that everyone has something. Um, the guy carrying an ice cream maker has a story. <laughs> like it, it, everyone. I, 
I like it for the idea that everyone's yeah. important. Yeah. You know, um, not just the characters that you're told are important because of the plot, but everyone in Star Wars is important, just like everyone uh, in life is important. Yeah. No, no one's lesser than because they work at Starbucks or because, you know, they, you know, bag groceries or whatever. Um, you know, everyone has value inherently. And I, I think that's what I like about having stories of characters in Star Wars is that it everyone everyone has value. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like that Doctor Who quote from, I think it was the 11th Doctor. You know, I've been on this for however many years and I've never met anyone who didn't matter. Exactly. Um, and I know that it annoys people that, oh, do we really need to know who that one guy in that one scene is? Yes. <laughs> you don't have to. And if you don't care, then you don't care. But you don't yeah. have to diminish the creation of a character or some person that finds that character cool. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't have to hate it because they have a story. I do get that. It can seem like a little much, but so uh, the, the question comes again from inspiration of the, the Boba Fett question of, you know, do we need to know? And, and I feel like, I feel like we need to know what we need to know about characters, origin and fate. Well done. (laughs) <laughs> if it does, if it doesn't matter to the story, then no, we don't need to know. But if it's a significant character and it would add to the, our understanding of that character yeah. and their part in the big galaxy of Star Wars, then yeah, I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's what they do. I don't think they create stories just to tell stories about that one, you know, that one guy in that one scene. I think I think they tell those stories because it adds to. The, the, the galaxy. Yeah. So anyway, that be our questions. That be our episode. Uh, and this be Halloween, y'all. Yeah. Um, so make sure you go out and get your candy and, and all that good stuff. We're going to be uh, knee deep in candy um, by tonight. So, well, tonight as it reaches yeah. your ears. Uh, hey, John, what are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be me. Oh, well, I, I wanted like to be you. Boba Fett. But I didn't order the costume in time, and yeah. all the ones at Walmart suck. <laughs> so accurate. Um, but anyway, hopefully you enjoyed our episode. Um, let us know uh, your favorite spooky, scary Star Wars thing, um, and uh, let us know what you think about uh, characters and their backstory. Do you think that you need to know everything about everyone? Yeah. Do you care? Um, What's your favorite backstory? Yeah. What of your of a non-main character. Yes. Um, or it could be a main character. Yeah, just just your favorite backstory of a character in general. Um, hit us up on the Twitters and Facebooks where you can find us. Um, and uh, also check us out on Patreon. Consider supporting us on Patreon if you like what you hear and want to hear more of it and uh, whatnot. And uh, yes, I believe yeah. that's it. Uh, so next that you will hear of us is on Friday when we will be having our Clone Wars rewatch. Remember, it's not tomorrow. It's no longer on Thursday. It is now on Friday. So that's your Friday show to look forward to. And we're looking forward to it, because, oddly enough, uh, they're Grievous-centric episodes again. Um, the week that Grievous deploys to Battlefront 2, we, we get him in the Clone Wars, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just a cool quinky-dink there. But uh, in the meantime, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. 
And I have been your herd mom, Megan. Remember to stay scruffy and may the force be with you. Bye.